section thirty three of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter thirty two in the refectory allusion was made at the table where gerard sat to the sudden death of the monk who had undertaken to write out fresh copies of the charter of the monastery and the rule etc gerard caught this and timidly offered his services there was a hesitation which he mistook nay not for hire my lords but for love and as a trifling return for many a good night's lodging the brethren of your order have bestowed on me a poor wayfarer a monk smiled approvingly but hinted that the late brother was an excellent penman and his work could not be continued but by a master gerard on this drew from his wallet with some trepidation a vellum deed the back of which he had cleaned and written upon by way of specimen the monk gave quite a start at sight of it and very hastily went up the hall to the high table and bending his knee so as just to touch in passing the fifth step and the tenth or last presented it to the prior with comments instantly a dozen knowing eyes were fixed on it and a buzz of voices was heard and soon gerard saw the prior point more than once and the monk came back looking as proud as punch with a savoury crusted rial or game pie gravied and spiced for gerard and a silver grace cup full of rich pimentum this latter gerard took and bowing low first to the distant prior then to his own company quaffed and circulated the cup instantly to his surprise the whole table hailed him as a brother art convent bread deny it not he acknowledged it and gave heaven thanks for it for otherwise he had been as rude and ignorant as his brothers sybrant and cornelis but tis passing strange how you could know said he you drank with the cup in both hands said two monks speaking together the voices had for some time been loudish round a table at the bottom of the hall but presently came a burst of mirth so obstreperous and prolonged that the prior sent the very sub-prior all down the hall to check it and inflict penance on every monk at the table and gerard's cheek burned with shame for in the heart of the unruly merriment his ear had caught the word courage and the trumpet tones of Donya of burgundy soon gerard was installed in ferverter's cell with wax lights and a little frame that could be set at any angle and all the materials of calligraphy the work however was too much for one evening then came the question how could he ask Donya, the monk hater to stay longer however he told him and offered to abide by his decision he was agreeably surprised when Donya said graciously a day's rest will do neither of us harm write thou and i'll pass the time as i may gerard's work was vastly admired they agreed that the records of the monastery had gained by poor verator's death the sub-prior forced a rick's dollar on gerard and several brushes and colours out of the convent stock which was very large he resumed his march warm at heart for this was of good omen since it was on the pen he relied to make his fortune and recover his well-beloved 
come donya said he good-humouredly see what the good monks have given me now do try to be fairer to them for to be round with you it chilled my friendship for a moment to hear even you call my benefactors hypocrites i recant said donya thank you thank you good donya i was a scurrilous vagabond nay nay say not so neither but we soldiers are rude and hasty i give myself the lie and i offer those i misunderstood all my esteem tis unjust that thousands should be defamed for the hypocrisy of a few now are you reasonable you have pondered what i said nay it is their own doing gerard crowed a little we all like to be proved in the right and was all attention when donya offered to relate how his conversion was effected well then at dinner the first day a young monk beside me did open his jaws and laughed right out and most musically good said i at last i have fallen on a man and not a shorn ape so to sound him further i slapped his broad back and administered my consigne heaven forbid says he i stared for the dog looked as sad as solomon a better mind saw you never even at a mystery i see war is no sharpener of the wits said he what are the clergy for but to fight the foul fiend and what else are the monks for the fiend being dead the friars are sped you may plough up the contents and we poor monks shall have naught to do but turn soldiers and so bring him to life again then there was a great laugh at my expense well you are the monk for me said i and you are the crossbowman for me quoth he and i'll be bound you could tell us tales of the war should make our hair stand on end excuse the barber has put that out of the question quoth i and then i had the laugh what wretched ribaldry observed gerard pensively the candid donya at once admitted he had seen merrier jests hatched with less cackle twas a great matter to have got rid of hypocrisy so said i i can give you the chair de poule if that may content ye that we will see was the cry and a signal went round donya then related bursting with glee how at bedtime he had been taken to his cell instead of the great dortor and strictly forbidden to sleep and to aid his vigil a book had been lent him of pictures representing a hundred merry adventures of monks in pursuit of the female laity and how in due course he had been taken out barefooted and down to the parlour where was a supper fit for the duke and at it twelve jolly friars the roaringest boys he had ever met in peace or war how the story the toast the jest the wine-cup had gone round and some had played cards with a gorgeous pack where st teresa and st catherine etc bedizened with gold stood for the four queens and black white grey and crutched friars for the four knaves and had staked their very rosaries swearing like troopers when they lost and how about midnight a sly monk had stolen out but had by him and others been as cannily followed into the garden and seen to thrust his hand into the ivy and out with the rope ladder with this he had run up on the wall which was ten feet broad yet not so nimbly but what a russet curdle had popped up from the outer world as quick as he and so to billing and cooing that this situation had struck him as rather feline than ecclesiastical and drawn from him the appropriate comment of a mew the monks had joined the musical chorus and the lay visitors shrieked and been sore discomfited but abelard only cried what are ye there ye jealous meowing knaves ye shall caterwaul to some tune to-morrow night how fit every man jack of ye with a fartingale that this brutal threat had reconciled him to stay another day at gerard's request gerard groaned meantime unable to disconcert so brazen a monk and the demoiselle beginning to whimper they had danced caterwauling in a circle then bestowed a solemn benediction on the two wallflowers and off to the parlour where they found a pair lying dead drunk and 
other too affectionate to tears that they had straightway carried off the inanimate and dragged off the loving and lachrymose kicked them all merrily each into his cell and so shut up in measureless content gerard was disgusted and said so Danya chuckled and proceeded to tell him how the next day he and the young monks had drawn the fish-ponds and secreted much pike carp tench and eel for their own use and how in the dead of night he had been taken shoeless by crooked ways into the chapel a ghost-like place being dark and then down some steps into a crypt below the chapel floor where suddenly paradise had burst on him tis there the holy fathers retired to pray put in gerard not always said Danya. wax candles by the dozen were lighted and princely cheer fifteen soups magra with marvellous twangs of venison grouse and hare in them and twenty different fishes being fried cooked with wondrous art and each he between two buxom lasses and each lass between two lads with a cow all but me and to think i had to woo by interpreter i doubt the knave put in three words for himself and one for me if he didn't hang him for a fool and some of the weaker vessels were novices and not wont to hold good wine had to be coaxed ere they would put it to their white teeth and the story and the jest and the cup went round by the by they had flagons made to simulate breviaries and a monk touched the cittern and sang ditties with a voice tunable as a lark in spring the posies did turn the faces of the women-folk bright red at first but here gerard exploded miserable wretches corrupters of youth perverters of innocence but for your being there donya who have been taught no better oh would god the church had fallen on the whole gang impious abominable hypocrites hypocrites cried donya with unfeigned surprise why that is what i clept them ere i knew them and you withstood me nay they are sinners all good fellows are that but by saint donya his helmeted skull no hypocrites but right jolly roaring blades donya said gerard solemnly you little know the peril you ran that night that church you defiled amongst you is haunted i had it from one of the elder monks the dead walk there their light feet have been heard to patter o'er the stones misericord whispered donya i more said gerard lowering his voice almost to a whisper celestial sounds have issued from the purlieus of that very crypt you turned into a tavern voices of the dead holding unearthly communion have chilled the ear of midnight and at times donya the faithful in their nightly watches have even heard music from dead lips and chords made by no mortal finger swept by no mortal hand have rung faintly like echoes deep among the dead in those sacred vaults donya wore a look of dismay ugh if i had known mules and wain ropes had not hauled me thither and so with a sigh i had lost a merry time whether further discussion might have thrown any more light upon these ghostly sounds who can tell for up came a bearded brother from the monastery spurring his mule and waving a piece of vellum in his hand it was the deed between gisbrecht and flores brandt gerard valued it deeply as a remembrance of home he turned pale at first but to think he had so nearly lost it and to donya's infinite amusement not only gave a piece of money to the lay brother but kissed the mule's nose i'll read you now said gerard were you twice as ill-written and to make sure of never losing you here he sat down and taking out needle and thread sewed it with feminine dexterity to his doublet and his mind and heart and soul were away to seven bergen they reached the promised land and donya who was in high spirits doffed his bonnet to all the females who curtsied and smiled in return fired his consigna at most of the men at which some stared some grinned some both and finally landed his friend at one of the long-promised burgundian inns it is a little one said he but i know it of old for a good one les trois poissons but what is this writ up i mind not this and he pointed to an inscription that ran across the whole building in a single line of huge letters oh i see ici en loge a pied et a cheval 
said donya going minutely through the inscription and looking bumptious when he had effected it gerard didn't look and the sentence in question ran thus on ne loge qu'on accredit ce bonhomme est mort les mauvais pierres l'ont tu end of section thirty three